This is the first episode of Boxing and Me, and I'm Dennis Page. We're sitting on the beautiful South Saskatchewan River. People are walking by, walking their dogs, and it's a beautiful day. How I got into boxing? That's an interesting story. We grew up in the projects, and my dad had a thing with us protecting ourselves because the projects, as you guys see on television, is a really rough place. So my dad started teaching us how to box. And once he had taught us what he knew, he took us to the gym. And our first gym was in New Albany, Indiana. I had a guy by the name of Billy Martin. He was our first boxing coach. And it was an unbelievable experience. The gym was inside an old hospital. You know, they didn't do anything with this hospital anymore, so uh, they rented the rooms out. And Mr. Martin, he rented the top floor and taught us how to box. Growing up the way that we grew up, using Mr. and Miss and Mrs., that was something that, if you didn't do it, somebody cuffed you upside the head. It was a part of everyday life. Mr. Martin, Mrs. Martin, it was, that was just how we knew them. I didn't know them any other way. You know, once my dad introduced us, uh, Dennis, this is Mr. Martin. Gregory, this is Mr. Martin. And he was always Mr. Martin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let me go back and, and, and talk a little bit about when we first started boxing. My dad taught us boxing, and it was really, it was really pretty wild. You know, that was when we first met Jimmy Ellis and Jerry Ellis, the Ellis brothers, and we first met uh, Cassius Clay and Rudy Clay, you know, the, uh, the Ali brothers, and we met the Anderson brothers. All of these guys grew up together. And if you look at the history of Louisville, you know, there were, uh, it was a black community. And so all of these guys, they all grew up together, and they all went to Central High School together, and they all boxed together, you know. Well, Daddy, he had he'd learned how to box from a guy by the name of Fred Stoner. And if you do any research, you'll find that Fred Stoner, he was a coach for Muhammad Ali, who was Cassius Clay at that time, and Rudell Stitch. He was a coach for all of those guys because there was only one place to go. In our house, when my father spoke, he was like E.F. Hutton. He spoke and everyone listened. It wasn't um, a choice of you're going to do this or you have the choice to do that. It was this is what you're going to do. You know, uh, I don't want you coming here crying because someone has beat you up and took your lunch. And so that was the reason he taught us how to box. The other coaches, the other, well, they call them trainers back in, in the U.S. But the other guys, Mr. Martin and Fred Stoner and all those guys, those guys put the finesse to what daddy taught us. You know, we were we were little guys, and so it was a, it was about having fun. And then we found out that we could fight and we could get trophies. Oh man, that was we could travel places. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Training with Daddy was really and that was interesting because it was about putting on the gloves, throwing punches. <laughs> he taught us how to punch. He taught us how to block. He taught us how to defend. When we went to Mr. Martin, Mr. Martin taught us why you block why you punch and block, how to step punch and block. He taught us all of those things that, because there were two of us, Daddy didn't feel like he had the time to teach us, I guess. Growing up in the projects, 
everything was about protecting yourself, protecting your brothers, protecting the neighbors next door. Um, even though it was it was rough, it was still the whole family thing. So boxing was just part of what daddy had taught us how to do. Right There were guys that were next door, they were playing basketball. Some of the guys down the street, they were playing football. The biggest thing that, uh, that daddy taught us and Mr. Martin taught us was that sports can get you out of the projects. So everyone had their own little sport that they took part in with the goal of getting out of the projects. It was two years between me and Gregory and we were competitive in everything with friends, with cleaning up the house, with everything. I mean, you know, that was just the way that it was, you know. He wanted to he wanted to be with me and I didn't want him around, right? And so when we were boxing, he boxed with the guys that was in his his age category and I boxed with the older guys. And um, the first year that I went to the Golden Gloves, he didn't go. Right? And the second year I went to the Golden Gloves, he didn't go. But he was still boxing at the gym. He was still playing basketball in school. Our dad had this rule, once you reach a certain age, once you reach 17, our dad gave, my dad gave us a choice. He said, you guys have a choice. You can box or you can box. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> there was no more basketball, no more football. You know, and, and it's really a good thing, right, because that made us focus on what we wanted to do. We didn't understand it. We got upset, and every time we could sneak off and play basketball or play football, we did. You know, uh, Gregory made the high school basketball team, and Daddy wasn't having no parts of that. You know, he went into the gym and said, oh, no, you off the team, dude. Let's go. When I made the junior high school basketball team, Daddy said, no, you off of there, dude. You can go back and play when I say you can Right, so it was one of those type of things, you know, regardless of how embarrassing it was. And when he said, this is soup, it was soup, right? When we were growing up in the projects, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't about you, you weren't going to school. In today's uh, society, you have guys that are dropping out of school in the eighth grade and the ninth grade, dropping out of high school in the projects when we grew up was unheard of. I had never met a person that had dropped out of high school or that had dropped out of school until I got out of the military. I'd never met one. And we had we had different things that were going on. You know, in in the streets we were learning how to do a lot of criminal things. The reason that we didn't do it was because my dad didn't play that. My dad said, if you go to jail, if I hear that you're stealing anything, if I hear that you're robbing anyone, and you go to jail, you're going to stay there. As soon as you get out, we're going to have a good talk. And that was a talk that we weren't looking forward to. So, <laughs> so growing up, you know, uh, even though we felt that a lot of times our dad was a real knothead, he was a real he was a real strickler for going to school. He, we had curfews. Man, I was, I was 17 years old, and I had to be in the house by 11 o'clock. You know, and my dad, he just didn't play that. He said, hey, if you're in the streets after 11 o'clock, there's nothing good out there. 
That was his philosophy. And what was so bizarre about all of that was that uh, my dad set the record for scoring the most points in a basketball game back in the 40s. Right, So he was an athlete. Well, because he was an athlete and because all of the people in the projects all grew up together, everybody, everybody knew Daddy. So that meant that everybody knew us. And so wherever we went, there was always somebody going, hey, aren't you Paige's boy? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and of course we would go, yes, sir. Hey, aren't you Paige's boy? Yes, ma'am. Well, wherever we went. So as we got as we got busier in the ring, right, that education was one that was a lot of fun, you know, um, because we could do stuff that other people couldn't do, and that was really great, you know. Daddy took us from Mr. Martin's gym, and he took us to Leroy's gym. We started training with Leroy at different times. Because I went into the military, and I was on the Air Force boxing team, and Gregory was still in Louisville fighting. And he was working out with Leroy. And so everything that we basically had learned from Mr. Martin and from Daddy changed. You know, the whole philosophy of everything completely and totally changed. When I went into the military and started boxing, the philosophy that they had was similar to what Mr. Martin had because he boxed in the army. When I got out and came home, all of that was kicked to the curb. Leroy starts you from day one, learning how to step, learning how to hold your hands properly, learning how to do this. You know, a lot of people would watch Gregory fight and his hands would be down. It's not that he, it was not that he didn't know how to keep them up. It's just that over time, he found that he could trick guys. And if you ever see Gregory fight, he was always it was he was always about the style because Leroy was about the style. Um, Leroy's education to us was just that it was an education. His philosophy was put on the show, babe. People came here to see you. People are paying money to see you. So give them something to go home and talk about. Leroy was California champion, and he fought in Toronto, and Leroy used to tell us that when you put on a show, you want the people to be excited, and you want to be able to do something to your opponent that your opponent can't do. And so that was part of his philosophy. And the other side of that was he never spoke harshly. He never raised his voice. But when he said, don't do that, we shook like a leaf in the breeze. Because he was soft-spoken, we knew that he could beat us up. <laughs> and, and, and training with him, you know, from his background was completely different. We knew that he was an ex-champion. Mr. Martin was an ex-champion, but Mr. Martin was just a straight come ahead and, you know, beat you up type of Joe Frazier type of guy, right? Leroy was about finesse and Leroy used to sit down and have us watching movies and he told us that there was a, a lot of time he spent a lot of time with Max Bear and he spent because they were under the same manager so he spent a lot of time with uh, with 
with Sugar Ray, you know, the original Sugar Ray. He spent time with all of these guys because he was traveling around boxing. And his manager was part of whatever it was back there in the day. But his philosophy to us was soft-spoken and a, and a completely, totally different style. It was about looking good for the crowd. When I got off the plane and went home, my daddy, he wanted me and Gregory to fight together. And that, the reason, you know, because at, at that time, you know, there were the Spinks brothers and he wanted the Page brothers, right? So what he said was, uh, get home. And I was, uh, at that time, I was in the military. I would got out the military and I had moved to Regina, you know. And I went to the Regina Boxing Club and started getting in shape to go home. Well, the guys at the Regina Boxing Club, well, they fought the same way as Mr. Martin and the military. So, hey, I was cool. I was, I was not dreading going back to Louisville. I was looking forward to it. When I got back, the things that Leroy had taught Gregory were just immeasurable to what we did at Mr. Martin's club and in the military. Um, I got back. And the first day, Leroy said, okay, you and Gregory work out and let's see what you can do. You left here the big brother, let's see if you're still the big brother. And so when we started working out, Gregory spanked my ass. <laughs> I mean, he was doing things to me that were unbelievable. You know, uh, because I was, I was, I would shoot a jab and he would go right over the top of it and knock snot out of me. Right, and so I think the the first round that I got back lasted <laughs> a minute because Leroy said, "All right, that's enough. Okay, come on." And because you know it was it was nothing but frustration after frustration because Leroy had taught Gregory all of these super slick skills. I didn't have those, so Leroy took me out of the gym. And what is so bizarre is that's the same thing that I do to my athletes right now. He took me out of the gym and started teaching me. Uh, how to step properly. And so for about three months, I didn't do anything except learn how to step properly in the back of the gym by myself. So, it, you know, and, and then you graduate and you graduate and you graduate. So it was, it was the education from, from Leroy, man, was, it was a college education. <laughs> you know, when, when, when we all get together, uh, the last time I was back home, right, and we got together with all of some of the old guys that we all trained together. Um, there's a thing that Leroy taught us is called steps, which is teaching you how to step properly. And one of our, uh, one of the old boxers, one of the guys that trained with us, he's now a minister. And his brother is one of his deacons. So we were in his church and we were all sitting down. It was uh, Frank, it was the John's brothers and another guy by the name of uh, Tyrone Moore. And we were all sitting down and we were all talking about memories of Leroy. The question was, of all the things that Leroy taught us, what's the one thing that you hated? And it was like we had rehearsed it. All of us started shivering going, whew, steps. Right, because when you had to learn steps, you were all by yourself while everyone was doing other things. And if my boxers were here right now, they would be saying the same thing. We hate steps because I do the same thing to them. Put them in the back just like Leroy did. You're in noob corner, right? And <laughs> until you graduate. <laughs>
<laughs> when we were boxing as amateurs, Mr. Martin, he had, there was nothing about meal, there was nothing about nutrition, there was nothing about supplements or vitamins, there was none of that. When we started training with, uh, when I started training with the military, well, those things change. You started learning about, well, if you eat this, then you can do that and your body can do this, which was, you know, of course, you know, which is mind blowing because we didn't do those things. Well, back with Leroy, Leroy was into all of those things. And that was what was so crazy. We said, man, that old man is into all of that. I mean, he's in the vitamins and he would take his vitamins every day and we would go out to run and that old man would lap us. <laughs> you know, he would go out and he would run with us. That old man did 250 push-ups and 250 setups every day. He took his supplements every day. He took his vitamins every day. And uh, of course, you know, we came from that school growing up in the projects with daddy, where daddy say, hey, you know what? I'm not spending no money for that. That's just give you expensive urine. <laughs> right. So what we learned through that whole process was that there's a lot that you can do. You know, uh, there's a there's a lot with your nutrition. Uh, my mom, you know, she was a southern she was a southern lady. So she cooked a lot of those southern foods. Right. You know, the cornbread and the fried chicken and the and the gravy and the smothered potatoes. And so just thinking about that, I just gained 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so the thing was, Leroy talked to daddy all the time. And so dad, he would make us clear our plates, but he would only put a small amount of food on it. What really sucked about that was Albert would say, drink that water. Man, I don't want any water. Drink that water. Well, you drink a big tumbler of water. Right? We had tumblers back in the day, right? 16-ounce tumblers. Well, you drink a 16-ounce tumbler of water, you don't feel like eating any cornbread. <laughs> you don't feel like eating a whole plate full of, of kale or collard greens. You know, all you want to do is go somewhere and, and get rid of that bloating feeling. And it was really crazy. Leroy used to say to Daddy that if those guys eat a big meal, then they need to go run before they go to bed. So a lot of times, like at Christmas and, you know, if we there was someone's birthday, we would have to run that night and then get up in the morning and go run again. Growing up in the projects, we called it Brick City. You know, uh, we were completely and totally surrounded by brick. Every house, or as far as you could see, was brick. The projects that we lived in, it went from east to west, from 9th Street, to 13th Street. Right? North to south, it went from Market, from Jefferson Street and Market Street to what's now called Muhammad Ali Boulevard. Um, back in the day, it used to be called Walnut Street. And we would get up in the mornings and Daddy would make us go across the park, across the street to the park to run. Well, my mama, she didn't like that, you know, she because she said somebody's going to somebody's going to uh, hurt those kids. Somebody can do that. Well, <laughs> daddy was said, Boo, ain't nobody going to hurt them kids. They know they pages. Right. But what he <laughs> what he would do is he would slip out. He would slip out the house and come over there and stand in tennis in the tennis court and watch us run around, run around the park. And what really sucked was that we had to run like 16 laps around that park and he wouldn't let us stop unless we hit the 16. You know, um, during, the, during the time that we were growing up, 
there was no exercising in the projects. You know, it was either you playing basketball, football, or you going over into the basement where Leroy is and learn how to box. Those were the three things that you were going to do. You know, there was a tennis court, but no one, no one used it. No one knew how to play tennis. Right? <laughs> it wasn't a thing that you learned in a junior high school. Right? So uh, the only exercise outside of the gym was when we went to high school, when we went to junior high school. Right? We, uh, Mr. Johnson, who was the gym teacher, he would have us doing jumping jacks, and he would have us doing uh, deep knee bends and all that, but um, it was Daddy and Leroy that kept us, you know, that, that, that kept us focused on, on fitness. Growing up, all of the partying and everything that was going on, our biggest thing was, man, don't let Albert find out about that. And, you know, if, if our dad found out that we, were, we, we had a curfew, now, we could do whatever we wanted to as long as we were in the house by curfew. And as long as it meant no alcohol, as long as it meant no cigarettes, as long as it meant no drinking, no drugs, we could do whatever we wanted to do. And so that was cool with us. What was so crazy, and I think that that is the thing that hurts athletes now, is that our friends, all of our friends, they were all supporting Albert in that. If we wanted to go over and hang out with some chicks, they weren't standing for it, man. We're going to tell Albert. Right? <laughs> you know, from the time that we grew up, all of our friends, all of our buddies, my, my, um, my best friend to this day right, uh, in, in, in Kentucky, her whole goal was to keep us away from wrong. You know, um, when Daddy was selecting bodyguards, he said, I want your friends to be your bodyguards. And he said that because those were the guys that protected us as kids. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't um, boxing, but they were there with us. They weren't smoking any weed, and they weren't allowing anyone to give us any. And what was so crazy is that even the guys that were slinging the drugs and all this back in the day, even those guys, hey, man, you better get your ass away from around here, boy. You know, don't let me go tell your daddy, right? And so it was, you know, it, <laughs> the whole community was, was there to help us be successful. It's not like that now. My dad, he knew everybody. And so everybody that he knew, they had the right to put their boot-style butts and to make sure that we made it home. And that was, that was the way that it was. And it's so crazy now. I've got boxers right now, and their friends are encouraging them to go out and drink. I tell my friends back in Kentucky about that, and they laugh. You know, um, I've got friends right now that I was in the military with that smoke. When they see me walking up their path, they start opening windows. All right, here comes that guy with them clean lungs. <laughs> you know, they start opening windows and doors. And that was a thing that helped us. When we were in junior high school, there were girls everywhere. We went to dances, and they did have house parties, and, you know, and they, they had all of those things. If you look at the movie House Party, we had that. It was just like that. But we had to be home by 11. It helped us so much. When I was boxing, girls weren't on my mind. What was on my mind was getting out of the projects. 
uh, Gregory, when he was fighting, he, same thing. He had girls all over, but Albert had instilled in us, hey, your goal is to get out of here. You'll have enough women, you know, that you can choose from when you get out. You can you can decide who you want to date, who you want to go out with when you leave the projects. And that was the way that it was. So we worked at getting out of the projects. Whenever we would go places, Leroy would pile us all up into his station wagon. It would be seven or eight deep. He would pile us up into the station wagon. And remember, back in the day, there was no seatbelt laws. <laughs> right? So we would be in that station wagon right, with ball tires <laughs> like sardines in a can. So, uh, and, and thinking about it now, maybe that's why we never spent the night anyplace. Because we would drive from Louisville to Atlanta. We would fight in a tournament there. And as soon as the tournament was over, you know, 10, 11 o'clock, we would be back on the road. You know, we went in, uh, we did what we had to do, and then we left. Uh, once I was in the military, I met a lot of people from a lot of different places, and we broke bread together. You know, we trained together. We did all those things together. And when, and I was, you know, I was going all over the world. You know? Well, Gregory was going all over the world, going to Russia and going here and going there and, and telling me about all of the different things that he saw. And I was doing the same, man. He said, dude, do you know that in Russia that they don't have toilets? They all stand over holes. And he was, you know, they we took blue jeans over there, man, and they wanted to all buy our blue jeans. He says, we came back with pockets full of money, you know, things like that. And when we would go to hotels, Right. Once, you know, I was in the military and once we we never had any problems as athletes walking in. It was carte blanche. You know, like Gregory and I, we had this thing where we used to like to get apple pie in the hotel, you know, after we fought and we would get a big bowl of ice cream and have the apple pie just swimming in the ice cream. Well, after when we would go to hotels, wherever it was, and after they uh, they would recognize who we were, all we'd have to do was just call them for room service. And they would, oh, Mr. Page, would you like the apple pie? Oh, yeah, 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 bring that up. Well, in the early days, Daddy would travel with us. <laughs> Daddy would travel with us. And so every night, Daddy would put, he would go patrolling of the rooms. And so he'd go patrolling of the rooms. When we were amateurs, Leroy would go patrolling of the rooms. When we were professionals, Leroy would go patrolling of the rooms. We still had curfews at 11 o'clock. You know, as we, man, we grown ass men <laughs> and we have 11 o'clock curfews, right? So uh, we had, we didn't know as amateurs anything about, uh, about the segregation or the racism because we didn't experience it. And thinking about it, maybe that's why Mr. Martin and Leroy always brought us right back home after the fights. I hope that you've enjoyed this first episode of Boxing and Me. Share it with your friends out there. And please subscribe. On the next episode of Boxing and Me, we want to talk about the men of boxing in Louisville. The Ali brothers, who used to be the Clay brothers, the Anderson brothers, Fred Stoner, Bud Bruner. And for you guys out there that want a little information, Bud Bruner's daughter is married to Ben Vereen. So we're going to talk about all of those guys next episode. That just leaves me to say, thank you for listening to Boxing and Me. I'm Dennis Page.